Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey folks, welcome to another edition of Dog Walk Talk. Brought to you by Dogs HQ. As always, I'm your host, Jake Roos. And with me, as always, team beat writer over at Dogs HQ, the man, Palmer Toms. PT, what's good, brother? Doing well, doing well. Just ready to uh, wrap up another week of Georgia football coverage and, and hop right into the next one. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, dogs, look, uh, no big surprises, I don't think, for anybody who's been paying attention all season. The spread was what it was. Dogs almost got there. Uh, got it close for sure, but not quite enough to get over the hump. But uh, yeah, let's call it what it was, a dominant victory again. I think you said it well uh, in Rest and React over at Dogs HQ today uh, on Sunday. Um, a pretty complete performance uh, on all facets. Uh, you know, Georgia uh, came out. There were some, you know, uh, like I said, everyone kind of expected this. So it was, it was really just uh, an opportunity to kind of fail. Uh, more than it was an opportunity to succeed, because if you don't go out there and kick their ass, then everybody's talking about that. They do that and they do it in pretty convincing fashion, pretty much with all facets of the game. And what I was really impressed with, and I think it's a great sign, is you got some of those old faces back, some of those contributors that you've been waiting for, starting to knock the rust off a little bit, getting some reps, making some plays, getting some contributions. I think that was big for Georgia Palmer. Yeah, certainly. Uh, you know, Having Stetson Bennett have a bounce back type game was big. Uh, I know we'll talk quarterbacks here in a second, but like you said, some of those receivers getting them back, I think was huge in Stetson having the game that he did. Uh, you know, Jermaine Burton almost, I mean, we, we're almost talking about a th- you know, career high three touchdown game. Almost, you know, you know, absolutely would have won, uh, you know, SEC player of the week with three touchdowns more than likely. He gets taken down at the one-yard line twice, uh, and, and instead we're talking about a three-catch uh, game. Uh, and actually, now that I think about it, it would have been three catches, three touchdowns. We're talking about a three-catch game that with just one touchdown on the box score for him. Um, but an impressive day nonetheless. Um, Arian Smith with one catch for a touchdown. I saw a stat here um, that Arian Smith has five career catches. Three of those have gone for touchdowns. Yep, indeed. And 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 really, if you, and if you think back to the Cincinnati one that wasn't a touchdown last year, it was a fifty-three yard, you know, some big gain, fifty-plus yard gain there. Uh, and so he is a big play receiver, uh, and, and I think getting him back is certainly big for Georgia. Uh, came came up big there with a great ball from Stetson Bennett, great anticipation from him, and, and a great play by Arian Smith to get to that spot um, on fourth and six. I, I was up in the press box saying, oh, my gosh, that is a terrible play call for fourth and six. <laughs> and as I'm, as I'm wrapping up my sentence, he's hauling in the touchdown pass. So, uh, you know, he, he made me eat my words there. But, 
Overall, um, yeah, I, I think getting those receivers back was big. Um, I was a little bit surprised by how uh, Georgia ran the ball. Missouri came in to the game uh, last in the nation. Last in the nation. I had said it all week long that they were last in the SEC because I just assumed that – I knew that they weren't great against run defense, but I assumed that they weren't last in the nation. They were last in the nation, allowing 280-something yards per game um, coming in. Georgia rushes for 168, I believe, was the total. Um, 33 carries, 168 yards, two touchdowns. An average of 5.1 per carry is not bad at all. But, they, you know, so they ran it efficiently, but they didn't, you know, they didn't run it as well as overall as I thought they would, um, especially with them getting up early. I think Missouri, and Kirby mentioned this after the game, Missouri sold out on the run. They came in wanting to stop the run, and I think that opened some things up for Stetson Bennett and these wide receivers on the back end. So, you, you, I mean, when you win 43-6, you can't really complain too much. Um, I think that, like we said earlier, it was a very complete performance. Defensively, we haven't even mentioned them, and, and I think that says all you need to know um, is that – there was no need to mention them, that they did their job. They kept Missouri out of the end zone. And, and you saw the pride of this defense come through uh, on the tail end of the game on that last drive with, with the second string, third string guys in, uh, but the first string defense right there supporting them, coaching them up, and, and being you know very into the game in, in terms of wanting, not wanting Missouri to get into the end zone. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, look, I, Teams have chosen to take that route with Georgia this year of selling out to stop the run. And I get it. I understand why. I mean, if you, the narrative is that Georgia is limited in their receiving options, that Stetson Bennett can't make the plays, you know, so it makes sense if you're going to attack them. Hey, let's go that route. Cause it doesn't seem like, I mean, it doesn't seem like there's much else you can do. Uh, you know, it, hey, I mean, you could take the Arkansas route and drop back eight, drop eight back in coverage and try and stop them, but then they'll gash you for two sixty-three or whatever it exactly. was. It's like I said, it's like I've said kind of all year. It's it, Georgia's really kind of worked themselves offensively into a, a pick your poison situation. You know, you can you can really sell out a stop one, but you're they're good enough to get it done on the other facet. Now, obviously, I think we have to touch on quarterbacks. JT Daniels gets his first action. Gosh, what since Vanderbilt? I think it September was September 21st quarter of that Vanderbilt game, September 25th. So Georgia had gone three quarters of that game plus four quarters of, uh, you know, four straight games in October, two quarters in this one. So 16, 18, 21 quarters without JT Daniels. Quick Look at math. Him, man. He's not just spending time at Grady College. He's up in the math building, too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it, it's simple addition. It was a long way. It was a while. It was a while. It's been a while. And you wondered about it. You know, it was something we talked about kind of going into this game. Would you see him? Uh, you know, we talked about this idea of the health around him and, and how that all factored in. You know, I think it was I think this was a great opportunity and the right move and the right time for Georgia to get JT back involved, because after that kind of layoff, there's inevitably going to be rust. And I think you saw a little bit of rust on him yesterday. It was not the cleanest performance you've ever seen out of JT Daniels. Um, but let's call it what it was. Both both quarterbacks were effective. If you look at the numbers, the numbers were similar. 
um, you know, over the, the stretch of time, uh, seven for 11, 13 and 19, a completion percentage of four points higher for uh, Stetson Bennett at 68%. Um, you know, JT, maybe not moving it down as effectively, but still able to get it done. And I think that what you have to take away from this is, I, I think Kirby is, it, it's, it's what I've been saying now for a couple of weeks. I think he's not being disingenuous when he says that he believes in both of these guys. I think that he feels comfortable with both of these guys because you've now seen both guys do it. And you've now had a chance to see JT kind of work his way back in. I think maybe going into this week, you know, now it is when it, I think comes down to practice and how the, how they're able to rotate beyond this. Um, because quite frankly, if you look on Twitter, I mean, people are ready to dive off the buildings when Stetson Bennett <laughs> underthrows it a little bit. And then, you know, JT comes in and he gets a little bit more love. I, I think George is being a lot more patient with the situation, of course, as, as they are paid to do. Um, but I, I guess just your impression in watching both of those guys live yesterday, Palmer, you know, what did you take away from those performances? How do you kind of see this thing fettering itself out moving forward? Yeah, I mean, just just breaking down stats, and I and I did a deep dive into this in the in the rest and react. I had a whole section on the quarterbacks. Um, to me, Stetson Bennett played very well. It, it was one of the best games that he's played um, this season, and I think it came at the right time, given the fact that he had not played well his last time out against Florida. Two interceptions. Now, now hold on. Let me ask, let me ask you something. The, the, because the big complaint was that there were a couple of opportunities where he got bailed out. Um, you know, I think the I, I don't think so. You're going to bring up the Jermaine Burton ball. Uh, yes. looking, looking back at it at first glance, I thought it was very underthrown. Looking back at it, it wasn't nearly as underthrown as I thought it was. That to me, that he, 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 he doesn't hit him in stride, but it's not nearly as underthrown where the DB could have made a play on it. To me, that's not the big problem. To me, the one that I, I thought was the dangerous one was the Rosemead ball. You know, I, to me, that one was like, I, I think Marcus Rosemead strong-armed the kid in order to, to save what was an interception. Right? Well, he well and, and Stetson said that after the game. Stetson yeah. said, you know, I asked him about the impact of getting these guys back, and he said, hey, you know, Marcus saved me. Marcus saved my butt there on that play on the sideline. Um, great play by the defensive back to jump that ball. I, I think Stetson was trying to throw it away more so than he was trying to get it to Marcus. Um, and, and, and probably should have thrown it away. Um, you know, I, I think it was a, he was trying to put it where only Marcus could get it. And the defensive back made a great play to get into that spot where he potentially could have gotten it. Marcus with a great play to come down with that ball. Um, and, and again, at first I thought, you know, oh, was that intercepted? And, and then, you know, obviously it wasn't. Uh, but my first thought when he threw that and, and kind of based on the reactions of the Missouri sideline, I thought that they had the ball. Uh, and, and I thought we were going to be talking about Stetson Bennett with a costly interception. Uh, instead, it's a great catch by Marcus Roseman and, and, and Georgia goes on to score uh, later in that drive, I believe. Um, I believe that was. I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying those were the criticisms I saw on Twitter. I, I thought Stetson. Well, I thought, I thought Stetson played well. Look, th the fact of the matter is some of those breaks are going to go your way and some of them aren't, and that's just the nature of, of the game. I mean – And it didn't go JT's way. Exactly. I mean, you, 
you saw the the tip ball interception off of the hands of uh, of uh, Jermaine Burton. He was targeted four times. That was the only time that he didn't bring in the ball, and it was thrown behind him. But also, you know, if, if a receiver is able to get a hand on the ball, you've got to feel a little bit. You know, not all the blame is on JT there. Um, and but I, again, it was thrown behind him. Jermaine. Uh, gets a hand on it, and, and it bounces into the hands of the defender um, for Missouri. You know, j- just looking at the performance of those two guys, um, I felt like Stetson played very well. I felt like he, um, you know, despite some of the criticism that was out there against him, the underthrown pass, the, you know, near interception to Marcus, you know, I felt like he, you know, th- those were the two plays that I felt like he didn't, uh, you know, th- that it was a little bit risky. Um, I felt like, you know, on a, on his short to intermediate throws, he did a great job of driving the ball downfield. I felt like the throw to um, to Arian again. We, we talked about it earlier, but you know that that kind of set the tone for Georgia, got them on the board, uh, you know, woke them up because it was a slow start for the Bulldogs. Um, you know, letting Missouri kind of drive down the field and, and, you know, that they didn't look great on offense. Um, but you know, they, they respond with that score, um, by, by the, you know, by Arian Smith on fourth and six, um, great lead, great job of leading his receiver. Another throw that really stood out to me was that probably could have been a little bit better, but was the throw on the sideline, uh, to, Kenny McIntosh in the in down the sideline on the Missouri sideline. I felt like McIntosh made a great play yeah, to bring that in with one hand. Uh, but I feel like if you put a little bit more touch, a little bit more air on that, uh, McIntosh might be going for six there. So you know, what, was Stetson perfect? No, but was he pretty damn good? Yes, I, I felt like he was. Um, JT uh, similar there. Was he perfect? No. Was he good? He did his job. You know, it, they they weren't really drawing it up for him to spread the field to, to get it downfield. Um, you know, most of his receptions were, uh, you know, screen passes, tunnel screens, swing passes out of the backfield. Um, you know, a majority of his yardage came uh, on, a, on a big reception by Dejan Edwards, who, you know, you think I hate, but played very well. Um, played very well. Dejan out here beating the doubters down, baby. I love it. I love it. But mind. yeah, uh, you know the, the the tip ball interception was a tough break for JT. Um, obviously, he does get that touchdown, but it wasn't like he stretched stretched the field on that. That was tunnel screen to Lad McConkey, who could have you know either of us could have walked into the end zone on that one. Um, so I, I felt like like we said, the rust is to be expected with JT. Um, what I think yesterday showed me more of was JT is healthy. JT is the backup quarterback at this point. And to me, it's going to take something that's something that Stetson doesn't do or, or, you know, his struggles um, for JT to come back in. It's going to take JT saving the day to be the starting quarterback, similar to how Stetson saved the day last year against, uh, against Arkansas. You know, you're going to need, and and no Georgia fan wants this. You don't want to see your team struggle, Um, you know, especially looking at this schedule. The next opportunity for Georgia to potentially struggle 
probably is going to be in Atlanta in the SEC championship game. So you don't want to be... You, you got to, see, you were going hard on the Vols last week, baby, saying this was going to be a challenge. And I I think it is now. Like I, I, I still do. I still do. But I think tennis, I think Georgia can win this game with Stetson Bennett. I agree. I don't... I, I and I'm not saying that they can't win an SEC championship with Stetson Bennett, but I think that is a much more challenging task uh, to do with Stetson than it is with JT. I think it's... The, it's it's a tall task uh, to to go out there and beat an elite team with a quarterback that that is limited in in some ways. Um, I won't say I won't say either of those guys is this guy uh, because they're not. But it, it's it's akin to I, I think it's a it's a feeling and it's akin to Alabama going into that game with Jalen Hurts and Tua. And you've got the opportunity. If something does go wrong, you've got another guy that you trust and feel like you can kind of flip over to if you need to. And, and that's to me, that's a great spot to be in because that can change momentum like that. And so if it's if you've got that ability, you know, I, I, I kind of hate that old adage of, of, you know, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one, you know, like, it, you know, it. I don't think that's true in George's case. I think they're in a good spot. I think that they've got two guys who are very capable. If one guy isn't fulfilling the role and isn't doing what he needs to do, then they turn to the other guy. And I, I just don't see that as a negative, really. Now, Jake, let me ask you this. Looking back on national championship winning quarterbacks, mm-hmm. who is the first quarterback that, that Stetson Bennett is better than? Because to me, it's not Mac Jones. It's not Joe Burrow. It's not Trevor Lawrence. It's not Jalen Hurts slash Tua in that 2017 game. It's not Deshaun Watson. No. You're back at 2015 now and, and, and talking Jake Coker. If you get past him, I don't think he's better than JT Barrett or Cardell Jones as, as a college quarterback. I don't think he's better than Jameis Winston. I don't think he's a better college quarterback than A.J. McCarron, but football has changed so much since A.J. McCarron that it's even it, it's hard to even compare those two. Well, and that's probably, you know, that it's that Coker, A.J. McCarron mold is probably Greg McElroy too. The closest, which, thing, the closest thing we're talking about. I mean, you know, that's that's I think that's what Kirby sees in Stetson Bennett is a guy who, for the most part, can go out there, protect the ball. And let's be quite frank about it. I, I think that this is something, I, and I brought this up a couple of times, and I keep hammering this point, and I think you saw it again. These teams, the, this offensive line is not performing up to what I think people expected out of it coming into this year. And I think that Stetson's ability to get out there and scramble is has made a huge difference for Georgia. I, I think that that's something that he's not getting enough credit for. Does he sometimes put the ball in a dangerous spot? Yes, he does. Uh, you know, is he prone to throw an interception once in a while? Yeah, of course he is. But that element of his game is something that JT just doesn't do. And I think that that's something that it, you've got to credit Stetson for, but it's also, I think, a smart play on George's, uh, on George's behalf to recognize that, hey, you know, our offensive line may not be playing up to the standard, as it were, uh, but this guy is able to bail them out and save them in some opportunities. I think that that's really big. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, to me, and and I think that we will continue to have this conversation um, for the rest. Of that, the uh, yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> for the rest of the it's, season, it's going to be it's going to be um, over the rest of the season. Until Georgia plays their last game, we're we're gonna have this kind of conversation every time because because like we said, Georgia should feel confident in what both these quarterbacks can do. They've both proven that they are capable winners, capable quarterbacks uh, to win SEC games, to win you know co- big college football games. Whether that's JT and, and you know, I mean, look since since JT. Uh, you know, since Stetson's injury last year, Georgia hasn't lost a game, and, and and that is because of the play of JT Daniels and because of the play of Stetson Bennett, and and, and you know defense. Let's be, I mean, we- and the defense, and the defense, and the defense. But but I, I think you know, looking at these games, um, you know, Georgia has won some big games in that time. Yeah, I mean, it's it's what. 15 going on 15 games now uh, that, that Georgia has played with those two guys yep. um, as, as the primary guys, um, you know, even going back to last season, they, they played essentially 10 games last year with, with those two guys at the head of it uh, and, and nine this year. So, you know, we're going on 20 games and, and Georgia has lost two games in that time of stats and minute JT Daniels. And they were to the Nash eventual national champion who would probably be the number one team in college football this year with, with all the talent that Alabama had last year and a very good Florida team that, again, if you put them in this year's college football, they might, they're probably in that conversation for a college football playoff spot. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. Um, so two, two very good teams, and these quarterbacks have, have you know, it's not like those are the only good teams Georgia has played in that time. They played a top 10 Arkansas team. Uh, an, an Auburn, a top ten Auburn team last year, uh, an Auburn team this year that is continuing to show that they look better and better. Obviously, they lost last night, but um, you know ha- has improved. Um, you know they play a Cincinnati team that everyone is seeing what they're capable of. Um, you know Kentucky this year was a, was not an easy game. Georgia has played some good teams. Mississippi State last year. I, you know last year's Mississippi State team is different than this year's, but. Yeah. Again, again, you know, a, a, a challenging opponent. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Now, Clemson, Clemson, how, how did I forget them? <laughs> well, because Clemson's broken this year. So, uh, as as are most of Georgia's prior opponents from from all uh, uh, all indications. But um, speaking of broken. You know, we talked about some of those great returning pieces, but as always, the football gods giveth and the football gods taketh away. Jamari Sawyer, uh, foot injury uh, last week, knocks him out of this game kind of late in the uh, late in the week. Um, you know, I guess uh, 
you know, just your quick thoughts on that one. Uh, you know, how do you feel like Broderick Jones played in, in relief of him? Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to go back and look at the tape a little bit more on that one. Um, my initial impression is that I didn't notice Broderick Jones, which is exactly what you want in an offensive lineman. You don't really want to be noticed if you're an offensive lineman. Myself, I played O-line in high school, and I was noticed more often than not. <laughs> not for good stuff. Uh, this is why I'm on the reporting side and not the playing side now. Um, but, you know, to me, I, I feel like for him to go out there, G- Georgia should feel confident in Broderick Jones. He, he played very well, uh, you know, in relief against Auburn. He played, you know, good enough for Georgia to win game, win a game yesterday against an SEC opponent. Um, he'll continue to be challenged. I I don't know the exact timeline on uh, Jamari's injury. Um, My guess is that you're probably not rushing him back. Yeah. I think with with a talented player like Broderick, you feel comfortable that you can trot him out there and beat Tennessee, Charleston Southern, and Georgia Tech. Maybe maybe you try and work him back in, maybe for a series or two against Charleston Southern or Georgia Tech, because we've already heard that he's likely out of the Tennessee game as well. He was on crutches yesterday with a walking boot. Um, so, you know, maybe you try and work him back in. But more than likely, you can go out there and you can win those games without Jamari Salyer. So you don't need to. You you know, again, maybe you want to. And, and so that his first time back on the field in a month, he's not knocking off the rust against Alabama or Texas A&M or, you know, whoever comes out of the West. Um, but I, I also think that you can – get him quality reps in practice against a team, uh, against a defense, against an opponent that is up to the same caliber of who you will play in the SEC championship game. Yeah, and, and you know, to, to, for me, that's not a guy I worry about rust for because he's no. had so many snaps under his belt. He, he's done it while the band's playing so often and has just been a stalwart for that line. I, yeah, I, I think I, – honestly, I think it could be – not from a sense of I, – I, obviously, I don't ever want to see anybody get hurt, but I think it could be a blessing in disguise for Georgia to have this time for Broderick. This is a good stretch of games. If you're trying to, to break in a, a new left tackle, and quite – I mean, he's going to be your guy for the future. This is where you find out. This is the proving ground for Broderick Jones. And then you're able to reassess after the season, okay, do we have this guy? Is he the piece that we think he is? Um, oh, this is certainly – Invaluable. I mean, I mean, it's similar in a way to what Georgia had last year with Chris Smith. And, you know, obviously losing Richard LeCount was tough, but you get to, you know, trial by fire with, with Chris Smith. Uh, and, and, you know, look how that's turned out this year. He's been a very valuable piece on the back end of that defense. Now, switch it over to defense, um, something that we, we want to treat very sensitively, of course, um, because it's very serious allegations. Adam Anderson uh, currently under investigation for uh, an accusation of rape uh, by uh, the athens Clark County Police Department. As a result, was held out of last week's game, didn't practice very much, is currently suspended from the team. Uh, his his lawyer, through his lawyer, he's issued a pretty categorical denial and uh, has, in fact, uh, asked to be reinstated to the team. Um, I, you know, that'll all sort itself out. I, I, 
I'm not going to get into legal proceedings because I, I don't know anything. And, and at this point, quite frankly, it's, it is just accusations. So we have, we don't have very much to go on. Um, however, I will say, and I wrote this in my column, the three keys uh, after the game yesterday, I thought Georgia's defense did a good job of blocking out that noise. I think it would have been easy for them to sort of, um, you know, come out a, a little down, a little uh, uh, distracted, in fact, even. Um, and, um, you know, obviously these are, these, these are things bigger than football, um, but I credit those guys who, you know, that was their business and that's what they're there to do. And they were able to block that noise out uh, yesterday and, and put together a performance that's reminiscent of what they've done all year without one of their best players on the team. Yeah, it certainly puts a lot more pressure on Robert Beal to step up. Um, you know, some Nolan Smith is, is going to be the guy in that room now, um, you know, and, he, he was very much a part of who they were, uh, but, you know, was, was, you know, part of it. He wasn't all of it. And now he is more of it. I don't think, again, I still don't think he's all of it because I think Robert Beal is a, a guy who you know what you've got. Um, he, he's like, he's done it for several years now um, and, and is, you know, eager to step up, uh, capable of stepping up. Um, but I do think Nolan takes on a bigger role um, Robert Beale, you know, goes from probably third or fourth in that room to second in that room. Uh, and, and, you know, you're, you're also going to be looking at some of those other guys um, to bring some pressure off the edge, whether that's Quay Walker, uh, Trayvon Walker, um, other guys in, in Channing Tindall can bring some pressure off the edge as well. Um, certainly a tough loss for Georgia on, in terms of uh, on the field, um, you know, you, you hate to see a guy like that um, go because he was so productive when he was on the field. Um, but uh, Georgia is certainly talented enough to withstand a loss like that uh, and, and have guys step up. And, I, you know, this is just totally my opinion. I think they're doing the right thing. They're doing their due diligence, let the process play itself out. It's a big loss. I understand the kid wants to be out there. You know, they are just accusations at this point. I understand that as well. But I applaud Georgia for doing due diligence when, you know, this is a key piece of, of the team. Um, all right, moving on from that, uh, real quick, one last thing to be watching out for this week, and that's on the Georgia recruiting front, which I thought was going to be slow for a couple of weeks. I thought it was just going to be a, a little bit Never, more never, Jake. Uh, you should know better. You've done this for long enough that you should know that it's never quiet uh i know i know but it's you know it's it's just that's my stupid brain tricking me every single time uh but julian humphrey four-star cornerback out of texas comes out and says hey i'm ready to do it i'm ready to go home gotta tell you it would be a huge surprise i think to anybody pretty connected to that thing if it went anywhere other than georgia based on his i mean that's that's coming from the kid himself. He said in the last interview we got with him at on3.com, which was, I guess, early last week, I think. Uh, he, he said, I don't think it's any secret that everybody knows George is my leader. Um, so if that's the case and you are to be taken at your word, Julian Humphrey, then good news should be on the way for the dogs uh, here in the next week. Big pickup for the dogs. Again, uh, this is a guy we've talked about a lot, a guy that I've, I've felt good about their chances with. 
And as we've said, you've got to be restocking that back end because you're probably going to be losing some key pieces back there. So a lot of experience uh, and they're just frankly not as deep as they need to be. Um, you know, they, they've had some young guys that they've trotted out and are getting some valuable experience, but they want to reshape the face of this thing and, um, you know, get it where, it, where frankly, where it needs to be. So Julian Humphrey will be a big pickup if he does indeed choose the dogs as we are predicting he will. Um, I think that's it for me, Paul. You got anything else, brother? Nothing else on my end. Just like I said earlier, ready to get into another game. Uh, this is always an exciting one for me to cover being from Tennessee. I've got a lot of friends, a lot of connections up in Knoxville. Um, and so certainly an exciting time uh, to be covering this team, Georgia, Tennessee, making a push with a big win over Kentucky. All credit, all credit to Josh Heupel, man, dude. Absolutely. The guy has exceeded, I think, every expectation that you could have had for him. Yeah. I mean, first-year coaches in this league uh, coming up with some big wins. Shane Beamer over yeah. Florida. Um, you know, you've had – obviously, they didn't come out on the right end of things last night. But, but at Auburn, um, Brian Harson has gotten some big wins under his belt uh, in year one. And, and Josh Heupel as well. Um, Clarkly, not so much. There's uh well, hey, hey, look, it's Vanderbilt, all right? He's working on it. And and I, I think Vanderbilt's gotten a little bit better each week. So that's all you can really ask for. And uh, you know, it obviously Georgia, Tennessee, a huge one up here for me up in the mountains. I am as close to the Tennessee state line as you can possibly be. The hate is real, folks. Georgia fans and Tennessee fans mixing like cats and dogs up here and uh in the mountains and it's always fun it's a, this is always a good one this is one uh you know you uh, you grow if you grew up where i grew up you paid a lot of attention to but we won't get into it just yet we'll save that one for later this week so make sure you tune in for uh thursday's edition of dog walk talk for palmer toms and myself jake roos get over to dogs hq and check us out and thanks for tuning in to another edition of dog walk talk we'll get you soon